With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. From April 29th to May 4th, if you deposit on Underdog Fantasy, you'll have a chance to win $1 million in their best ball contest. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdog.com, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and welcome everyone to a Tuesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Tuesday, May 4th, 10.55 Eastern Time. It's your host, ZB, and I'm joined by Muna for a Tuesday show. Dan obviously couldn't make it today. We miss him. I understand you guys had a great show yesterday. We were chatting before the show. I was a little too excited, so I had to make sure we got it all on the record. For the listeners, Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. Uh, we had a great show yesterday with Scott. I know, um, you know, Dan was supposed to get on today, but, you know, he he was uh, dealing with some stuff with his son. Hopefully, uh he can get some sleep. I don't know how it's like to have a kid, but, um, you know, hopefully Dan, Dan gets some sleep here, but, um, you know, yeah, we had a great show yesterday with Dan and, and Scott. Um, that was a lot of fun just talking hoops. I, I know you're really excited to talk. There's a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend that you're ready to discuss. I see this big, big smile on your face. Uh, How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, yeah, I'm very eager to catch up with you. Obviously, we've been we've been doing the show now for a couple months. I feel like we have our, our feet under us with the uh, chemistry. I can honestly say I am very excited to kind of see what your thoughts. And I, I always love talking about hoops with you. And I was going to say right before we were talking before, to me, and I think this this regular season has gotten some slack, I guess, from uh, people with regard. Obviously, there's been injuries, but yeah. I cannot remember a more intriguing regular season where I've just enjoyed every single night watching these games and heading into the playoffs. I mean, this is going to be absolutely awesome in both conferences. Just so fascinating. I'm so excited for the playoffs and to see also how these seeds start to shake out. Yeah, I mean, every single day, these these – uh, playoff seeds are, are changing, especially like below, like the three seed in both conferences, both the Western and uh, Eastern Conference. So, I think you know, like we said, it's going to go right down to the wire at the end of the season, probably on the last day, and we find out where 
where some of these teams end up. I mean, if the playoffs started right now, I, I think the Lakers and the um, Clippers would be matching up in the first round, which is as the four and five seed, which is which is crazy, right? I don't think we would have we would have predicted that at the beginning of the season, but um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, these these seedings are going to keep changing, and you know we have a lot of stuff to get to, so um, let's get into it. Yeah, exactly. So quick plan for today's show. We're going to catch up on news and notes and obviously look at some of this playoff picture in both conferences. Um, So we'll start with that that, because that can kind of last for a couple of days. Then we're going to we'll go into the daily fadeaway. Do we have a new one for today? Um, I'm sure I can scrap something up, but we'll see. We can also recap how some of them have been because there has been some uh, against Houston team totals that have been very enticing. Then we're going to get into the prop shop and then we will look at Tuesday games and, and best bets for Tuesday. So if you're listening after Tuesday, you'll have plenty to uh, get you get you through up until when we start the games. And if you're listening on Tuesday, obviously those will be towards the end of the show. Let's get right into it, Munaf. Um, I think we got to start with the Lakers. I mean, nice win against Denver last night and kind of a grinded out game, which brought the Lakers back into the five. And as you, mm-hmm. so now we see the Clippers, Lakers in the four or five, obviously the Nuggets and Clippers are tied for the three. Um, but, you know, I think that, and I know, I know you have some thoughts on LeBron. I, I have to say, I think that Rich Paul and LeBron James are, and this is a little bit of a conspiracy hat, doing an absolutely masterful job of playing the media like, you know, just playing into the media, getting these narratives out there and setting up one final push for LeBron to challenge MJ's legacy. I I, I can't see this any other way. And I think some people are starting to get duped into thinking that the Suns or the Jazz could come out of the West. I No way. I think that LeBron is fine. I think that the Lakers are going to be fine. I, I still think this is Lakers or Clippers, no doubt about it. Obviously, there's been some turbulent times. We can talk about that a little bit, but the way I'm looking at this right now is that LeBron James is setting us all up for, you know, this this absolutely epic final title run where he can show he's a, still the best player in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, a message you got you and Dan last night on Slack, and I was talking about what why does why is LeBron complaining about the play in tournament when we talked about on the show yesterday is that a year ago that he was all for the idea of having the play in tournament, but now that your team is sucking without you before you got injured, your team was a top two team in the Western conference. And since you got injured, they've dropped all the way down to now the five seed, you know, last yesterday, the six seed before the victory over Denver. Why are you not holding your teammates accountable for their play and not maintaining the, I guess the level of play, at least being in a top four seed while you were gone. Right. How, how come he's not holding his teammates accountable? And I know there's a significant drop off without LeBron and AD, but you're a championship team. You have coaches on on your on your staff that should have made the proper adjustments, but they haven't done that. And now LeBron wants to go to the media and say, hey, this play in tournament is stupid. And whoever came up with the idea should be fired. And that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because it feels like that he's just kind of making excuses. And then, and I know um, or one of our slide guys, Terrell, uh, was tweeting about, I think, the Knicks yesterday. And then I had mentioned something about the Lakers that, you know, against the Lakers, I think the Knicks are have a game of, against the Lakers here coming soon. I was like, that's going to be easy victory for the Knicks. And then I told him that, I think, you know, who knows? I think I think the Lakers going to be a first-round exit. You you still think that? 
I still think that I, I'm, I mean, I'm probably the stupidest person or crazy person thinking that, but you know what? I, I, I think this might be a first round exit depending on who they match up with. I think, I think anybody in that top four wow. seed outside of Denver, I think has a good chance of beating the Lakers in the first round. I mean, I'm not going to fall into the narrative that LeBron said that he had his ankle injury and that it might affect him for the rest of his career and that he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's not going to be a hundred percent health for his rest of his career. I mean, bullshit. Come on. You're LeBron James. And now you're just coming up with these bullshit excuses just because your team is sucking this season. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it was a good victory for them last night. It was a grounded out kind of game without LeBron. Yeah. Without LeBron, obviously, but I think those are the type of games that they're going to have to win. It's, it's that I mean, outside of LeBron and AD, this roster is pretty shitty if you kind of look at it, right? I don't think Kyle Kuzma has been the guy to step up for them when LeBron was absent. How come he wasn't doing anything when when LeBron was absent or AD was out, right? You have Caruso, KCP, you have all these other guys, but I don't think it's enough. I think these other teams have gotten better outside of Denver. I mean, I think... Utah, Phoenix, and the Clippers all have a chance to knock them out either in the whenever they match up, whether it's the first round or the second round. All right, so I'm glad that I'm glad that we disagree on this because I, I we obviously see it differently. What do you think that the series price would be if it was Lakers Nuggets in the four or five in the first round? I definitely, I think the Lakers probably be around minus four or five hundred. You think? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say I was going to say minus four fifty. So yeah. yeah, without without Jamal Murray, and I think they a lot. I don't know if it was they lost somebody last night too. I don't know if it was PJ Dozier or somebody else that kind of limped off the floor for the Denver Nuggets last night. But I mean, yeah, I think Denver will be out of the first round because of all the injuries that they're dealing with. But I mean, I don't know. I I'm just not sold on this Lakers team and and the way they're playing right now. Hopefully. I don't know how long LeBron's going to be out again because they say that he either had ankle soreness or re-aggravated the injury. But I don't know if this team can flip the switch in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so with LeBron, they said it was not a re-aggravation that he's going to be day-to-day, but he probably will not play back to there. Obviously, the schedule is getting tight here now to finish things up. I think Mm -hmm. with LeBron, yeah, you know, it's definitely – there definitely were some – I mean, the Lakers don't really have any excuse, right? I mean, they have LeBron and AD. I, I, I agree with that aspect. But I do think that AD needs to be more aggressive and be get back to being the player that he was in the playoffs last year. When we were talking about AD yeah. as potentially a top, five, you know, a top five player and a guy who, if you play Anthony Davis at center, that is literally the perfect lineup because of everything he can bring on both ends of the floor, how he can switch, get on the perimeter and block shots, and then offensively space the floor and be aggressive. So I, I think with all these centers, they've kind of gotten carried away from that, which is that their best lineup in the playoffs is going to be LeBron at the four, AD at the five with three shooters, whoever is going hot that night. Um, KCP obviously probably being one of those. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think it's it's hard to say because right now I certainly agree with you. They're not playing like a team that that that, that is you know a bona fide championship favorite. They they're not you know showing that right now. I still think that they will be able to flip the switch, but that is that is you know speculation on my part. Like you said, there's no reason to believe it other than that LeBron has done this in his entire career and he's had this kind yeah. of mystical ability to you know play through injuries and and not get hurt and then obviously be this this incredible playoff player um you know do you think that they end up with a five seed there they're a half a game up on dallas and a full game up on on portland and i do want to say with regard to the plan i mean look mm-hmm. a, 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 every playoff spot 
you have to play into it, right? I mean, you you right. basically if you want like like you were saying, if you want to be f- higher up in the standings, then then have a better record. So you know, I I don't really right. see his argument with regard to that. But you know, what do you think happens here between Dallas, Portland, and LA down the stretch? So quickly looking at the schedule for Portland, right? They they have the seventh hardest remaining schedule, so they still have matchups against the Jazz, the Suns, the Nugget, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. And then the Lakers also have seven games left, and they have to match up against the Suns, the Clippers, the Knicks, and the and the Blazers. So, um, you know, it, I think it was a tough loss yesterday for the Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah. I had them at my best bet yesterday, but you know, maybe being on a back to back and on the road kind of, uh, you know, kind of caught up to them. I think Lakers probably end up in that. I think that five spot. I mean, yeah. they have a game lead on the Portland Trail Blazers, so I think. It's going to be a first round matchup, obviously, with uh, the the either the Clippers or the or the Nuggets. Obviously, they would prefer playing Denver Nuggets and getting into the second round. Um, but you know, I think a five the, that five spot is probably solid spot for them. I, they're not obviously they're not going to get any higher because they are six games behind the Clippers. So it almost seems like that you know that three and four is going to be a battle between the Nuggets and the Clippers on who yep. they, who who wants to play the Lakers in the first round. Um, and then then after that, you know, it's kind of wide open. Yeah, I mean, you'd obviously much rather be the three at this point between Denver and L.A. So I like that there's the motivation to win instead of lose. You know, yeah. I think if you told the Lakers that their road was going to be Nuggets without Jamal Murray, that they were going to be the five seed, but then their road would be yeah. Nuggets without Jamal Murray and then the Utah Jazz, who I do not think they're afraid of at all. Um, I don't think anyone's right. afraid of the Jazz, really. So, that, I mean, that's not too bad of a road for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen here. Obviously, we can kind of – zoom out to the rest of the conference a little bit war the warriors are now in the eighth spot so that that'll be really fun to see them in the playing game excited for that and then that did mm-hmm. you get a chance to watch that uh nuggets clippers game at all on saturday night no i didn't get i didn't get time to catch that one yeah very great game for the nuggets i mean the clippers obviously Kawhi working back into the lineup now so we'll see how they go yeah. um they were a little bit flat and i thought denver kind of was a more competitive team i really do like this uh Compazzo Dozier starting backcourt for the Nuggets. Obviously, you don't have the same firepower with Jamal, but they're a really good defensive team now, and they're kind of playing. Um, they're playing well together. I think they still will have a lot of questions at the end of games where Jamal Murray was obviously a killer, so they're going to miss him there. Looking forward to getting Monte Morris and Will Barton back healthy for them. That'll be that'll help them. Obviously, Will Barton, your nemesis. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts on the Western Conference? Obviously, Phoenix has been playing well of late. They had some big mm-hmm. wins. Um, Dallas kind of up and down, but they're still kind of where they need to be. Um, any other thoughts on the West? Yeah, I think uh, um, just depending on when Donovan Mitchell gets back, I, I think uh, I think Phoenix probably ends up with the number one seed here. I know they have some tough games. I know they're right at uh, eight games left. They do have still matchups against the Lakers, the Knicks, the Blazers, the Hawks, and the Warriors. But um, I think Phoenix ends up with, with the number one seed. They play Cleveland tonight. Um, but I, I feel like that'll be a a huge accomplishment for the Phoenix Suns from their playoff drought now going into this season and finishing as a number one seed. So kind of look for Phoenix to, you know, be that have that, you know, target of being the number one seed in the Western Conference as we, you know, wind down the season here. Yeah, and and I totally agree. Absolutely massive uh leap and you know, I think people are trying to get Chris Paul in the MVP conversation just because basically everything about that team is the same, and he came in and elevated them so much. I think there's there is a good case that obviously Chris Paul has been great, and 
his his availability is so impressive for a guy his age. I think he's only missed what one or two games the entire year. Um, yeah, CP. Um, so if they do, I mean, look, I don't really know who I'd rather. But if, if if it does end up being Portland and Golden State, I don't really know who I'd rather play. I mean, Portland's probably a better team, but do you really want to face Steph and Draymond right now? I mean, yeah. I, the, the the thing about the, the West right now is that I don't think anyone's really afraid of anyone. I mean, outside of the LA teams, because they do bring LeBron and Kawhi to the table. I mean, mm-hmm. if Golden State goes into a series with the Jazz, I think Golden State feels very confident they can win that series. You think so? <laughs> I think so. I, I don't think anyone fears Phoenix or Utah or these up, upstart teams. I think they don't have the cachet of, you know, beating you over and over in the playoffs, right? I mean, they, they've never eliminated yeah. anybody, really. Yeah, I mean, the game completely changes when you get into the playoffs, right? The intensity uh, goes up. But, I, you know, I, I think for Phoenix, at least when you have a guy like CP3 Phoenix, on yes, the court, I think I'd be more afraid of them than Utah. Yeah, you have always have a chance. But, you know, Utah is another team, you know, going back to last season in the bubble where they pushed, you know, Denver to seven games. Um, I feel like they have this chip on their shoulder where they're going to come out to prove um that they're they're one of the more if they're if they're an elite team in the western conference but man like you said you mentioned at the beginning of the show these playoffs this year is going to be really really exciting nobody's going to be afraid of each other at least in the western conference but um yeah. I, I can't wait man i really can't wait i really can't wait and, and you know utah has to prove podcast hosts like me wrong who, who doubt them um <laughs> and I'll, but i will say with regard I, I think you're right that utah and, and phoenix are better teams than portland and golden state but Portland and Golden State would both have the best player in, in any of those playoffs yeah. here between Dame and Steph, which is which is one thing you do have to consider. I do want we do have to get to a break and then to the Eastern Conference, but I want to throw a question at you. Who do you think is a better playoff player this year, Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker? Hmm. Man, that's a tough question. Um I probably have to go with Donovan Mitchell, right? Just wow. because of the success he had last season in the playoffs. Like he has that experience of being in a playoff game, right? In a playoff series. He's done that. You know, we, he's been in the playoffs. I think this is the this is the first time for Devin Booker to being in the playoffs. So yep. maybe, you know, the game is different in the playoffs. We know that the intensity is up. Um, I think just because of playoff experience, I got to go with Donovan Mitchell. We saw at the beginning of the season where he was coming in is that he has a chip on his shoulder. Donovan Mitchell has a chip on his shoulder that he's going to be out to prove that he is a top elite player in this league. And, you know, we've seen this with his TNT interviews with, with that, with the crew at TNT is that, you know, he's kind of like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to prove you guys wrong when it comes to the playoffs. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the spider on this one, just because it is Devin Booker's first playoff series, you know, in his career. Yeah. Donovan has done it before. Obviously he had big playoff series, both times he's been there, obviously um, been the best player on the jazz for two playoff runs. I mean, last year was absolutely insane. I mean, I think Jokic's non ability to get out and guard the pick and roll last year really helped Mm -hmm. Donovan. Obviously his, I mean, you can't, no one could put up 50, like it's easy, but, um, I, I think yeah. Devin Booker, yeah, he hasn't been there before, but there is kind of the idea that his game will really translate to get you know getting tough buckets in the half court where he can just be that mid-range lethal scorer when you need one. I think Donovan yeah. is much more of a, a guy who can operate in space, you know, run that high pick and roll with Rudy all day and then, you know, pick you apart for three and a half quarters. But when you come down yeah. to the end of a game, I think Devin Booker is going to be lethal. And he's obviously shown that throughout his career, he he can be that guy who gets tough buckets, kind of that, 
Kobe Bryant type game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that, that's definitely an interesting question. Let's it for the Western Conference. Take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about the East a little bit. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games with generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right, coming back off the break, I did not get a chance to listen to tomorrow, yesterday's show, but I do want to talk about that Nets-Bucks game from Sunday a little bit. Did you guys break that one down? We didn't. Yeah, so what were your thoughts on that game? I have a lot of – that was a great game, and the subtext of that game, kind of Giannis out there with definitely something to prove, and the Nets kind of just daring him to shoot was yeah. just a fascinating, uh, you know, to watch for kind of the competitive uh, underlying uh, aspect of that game. So – what were your thoughts on that game and kind of what'd you come away with uh, from that matchup? I think kind of coming out or zooming out from that game is anytime I'm watching the Bucks, you know, and I'm watching Giannis as their best player, I just keep thinking to myself, if Giannis had a consistent jump shot, where would he be as far as his career as a dominant player? Like we know what he can do getting to the basket, finishing around the basket, laying it up, dunking the ball, but when teams are daring you to shoot from the mid range and from the three point line, I just keep wondering, like with Giannis, if he had a jump shot, what type of player that that he could become and, and go to even another level at where he's at. But you know, kind of going back to this game that we saw on on Sunday, um, Kyrie obviously sh- struggled in that game, right? And I and I think that that one of the reasons that they brought over Drew Holiday is yeah. to you know keep up with elite point guards like um, Kyrie Irving. We kind of look at what the game was, you know, just kind of looking at the stat box. Kyrie Irving eight of twenty one from the field, only twenty points. But I keep thinking is that they didn't have James Harden in this game, right? And if they had James Harden, what kind of game would this be? Brooklyn got off to a very hot start. They were up in that first quarter by nine points. They scored 37 points in that first quarter. But then I think the Bucs made the adjustments in in the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter, obviously for the rest of the game, on how to kind of attack this, this Brooklyn Nets defense and, and go from there. Um, because, again, the lack of presence that the Nets did not have for this game really let Giannis do what he did against the Bucs – sorry, against the Nets on Sunday – almost dropped a 50-point game against him. He had 49. Chris Middleton had a great game for them also. He dropped 26. Um, and then they obviously, you know, they shot the ball well, shot 41% from three-point line. Um, didn't get to the free-throw line as as much as, they, as much as they probably wanted to. But again, they got a big victory over, over the Brooklyn Nets on their Sunday. I know they play again tonight. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, again, for this Brooklyn team, you keep thinking that they're missing two key guys. Again, number one, James Harden. And then having Claxton back, I think wow. in that interior, it, it's it's going to make a difference, right? Because he's their he's their he's their most. I think Steve Nash said that probably their best interior defensive player, right? And he can really defend the paint, and then he can also get those lobs from Kyrie and James Harden and finish around the basket. So having those two guys, I think it's going to make a significant difference for the Brooklyn Nets. 
You you absolutely made my day by bring by being the one to bring Nick Claxton into the conversation because I was going to bring him up and I, <laughs> um, you know I, I totally agree and I I think for the Nets I mean I think this game can bo- go both ways I think the, the the Bucks obviously have to be happy with the way they played and they kind of showed that they were able to match Brooklyn bucket for bucket down the stretch and Giannis played really well mm-hmm. and Giannis Chris and Drew really looks cohesive as a big three. They all kind of bring something different to the table, which is much different than Brooklyn, where they kind of try to beat you with just sheer talent of the big three, but they don't necessarily complement each other as well. But I yeah. also see how the Nets can walk off. They were walking off the floor, high-fiving each other. They say, we're good. I mean, yeah. plenty of in-and-out buckets in the fourth quarter that I thought could have changed that game. I mean, they, they got good looks. Um, so I think both teams got to be happy, obviously looking forward to seeing tonight. It looks like the injury report's pretty clean, so we should mm-hmm. get another good one. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting. Um, you know, in terms of, of the X's and O's, I, I thought very obviously the Bucks, Brooke Lopez is no longer going to close games for them, you know, against a team that's not Philly, right? I mean, P.J. Tucker obviously is absolutely vital to this matchup. And yep. if you're Brooklyn, I think you got to have a little bit of regret of not going to get P.J. just because having to go against him makes it so much tougher because he can switch on to anybody. He was bothering KD. Obviously, KD was still lethal, but you could mm-hmm. tell that matchup is going to be, you know, a big one in the playoffs if they meet in the 2-3. Offensively for the Bucs, yeah, Giannis was making shots. I still think Brooklyn's got to be kind of happy. I mean, I thought Giannis did a good job of kind getting a little bit closer to the basket, getting in a mid-range, posting up a little bit more so he wasn't just taking those pull-up threes where it's like, okay, we're daring you to shoot, and he doesn't really know if it's going in or not. Yeah. Um, he did obviously hit those in this game, but that's going to be Brooklyn's plan. Um, DeAndre Jordan obviously couldn't really handle Giannis, and then Blake couldn't really handle Giannis. They were locked off on shoot. I, they were, I think they were went a little bit too aggressive with the let Giannis beat you because – if Blake Griffin's guarding him and he was just pounding him into the, into the post and, you know, getting to baby hooks and, and layups and that kind of thing. So I think they kind of have to do a little bit more against Giannis than just let him beat you. Cause like you said, I mean, he doesn't have that necessarily in his bag, but he can still get in the paint. Once he's in the paint, he's obviously a lethal, lethal, lethal offensive player. So I thought they were a little bit too conservative with regard to that nets offensively. Yeah. The ball wasn't moving as much late in game. I thought Joe Harris was open on a lot of those, on a lot of those, uh, late game possessions where it was just KD and Kyrie going to get their own. And mm-hmm. obviously James will do the same, but yeah, you bring up James Harden. I mean, the, the they're going to have James Harden or Kevin Durant on the floor at all times in the playoffs, um, assuming right. health. And then that basically guarantees you a great offense. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, you, there's not going to be that, like you said, that second quarter low um, when the Nets only scored 22 points in the second quarter. I think they, yeah. they will kind of solve that when Harden gets back. Um just a great game, though, and I, I love the intensity of in this. If this if this is a match, it's going to be a phenomenal playoff matchup we get in the second round. Yeah, I think two things to kind of wrap this up is number one for me is that it took forty nine points from Giannis to win this game by only three points. I think that kind of speaks volumes to me. Um, you know, if you told me that my superstar player is going to score forty nine, I would expect at least a double digit victory here. So, um, you know are we going to expect Giannis to score 49 or, you know, 40 plus points to beat this Brooklyn team? If that's what it's going to take. I'm not sure if I like Brooklyn's chances there, but you need some of these other guys to step up. Right. I mean, Chris Middleton still had a good game. He scored 26, drew holiday, 18 points. You know, he was a, a defensive force in that game, kind of, you know, making things tough for Kyrie, but you need some of the, someone else to kind of step up, whether it's a Dante, <clears throat> sorry, Divin Tinzo, who was 0 for five from the field. You know, Brooke Lopez, two of seven, 0 of three from three point line. So that was one takeaway that I had. 
And then you take a look for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I looked at the box score after the game. Kevin Durant, 40 minutes. Kyrie Irving, 37 minutes. So we kind of talked about how maybe the Nets were being a little cautious with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as far as minutes being played or more so Kevin Durant. But he comes out and plays 40 minutes. If he can consistently do that in the playoffs, and I think he will because it is the playoffs, if your guys are playing, you know, 40, around 38 to 42 minutes a night, it's going to be very tough to beat this Brooklyn team. Because again, they're missing one of the best players in the league in James Harden. And like you mentioned, they're going to have either two of these guys on the floor at the same time. So I'm excited, man. This is again, a game here tonight between these two teams. And then again, in the playoffs, if these two teams uh, match up, it's going to be a great, great series. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love the spot that the Bucks are in. Just nobody cares about them in the regular season. It's I mean it's crazy how we go through these cycles with a team where they're fun, and then if they don't win the chip, then it's like okay, they're, they're the enemy. I think the Bucks are kind of in that enemy role right now. Nobody wants to talk about them. Nobody wants to give them respect. And with Giannis, they're daring him to shoot, and it's kind of that personal little beef. And he's obviously a very different type of player than than the guys the Nets have. Um, so I, I love that game. Let's talk about let's bring Philly into the conversation. And I, I was I came away from that game thinking there's no way that Philly is as good as either of these teams. Um, mm. That that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I, I really think that Philly is is a tier below both Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, I think just going off of the last two games for uh, the sorry the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. For them to be in San Antonio, we talked about this a little on the show yesterday, was that the Spurs didn't have DeJounte Murray. They didn't have Jakob Pertl. They didn't have DeMar DeRozan. And yet they let the Spurs hang around. At least in the fourth quarter, they let the Spurs come back, force overtime, and barely beat, beat the San Antonio Spurs in overtime. They got the victory, okay, but now you had a back-to-back situation yesterday where almost yesterday even – they let the Chicago Bulls without Vucevic and Zach Levine hang around, but they kind of pulled away at the end and got the victory. But, you know, for me, as we're watching these games and, and as betters and, 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 you know, as podcasters, we talk about hoops is those are the type of games that the Sixers need to blow guys out so they can rest their starters, especially when you have injury prone guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. God forbid if something would have happened to Embiid in that overtime game or Ben Simmons in the overtime game, they would have probably been kicking themselves. But, you know, for the Sixers, they need to take care of these teams early and, and shut the door on them and let your guys rest because when you are going to end up probably as a number one seed in the West Eastern Conference, you're going to need those guys to be at their best to take on some of these other teams, um, you know, and if the playoffs started today, if the Sixers won their first playoff series, they would be matching up against the New York Knicks in that second round. That's not going to be an easy out for them, right? I'm really excited to watch this New York Knicks team in the playoffs because I, I'm I'm watching their games every single night, whether I have a bet on them or if I don't, I'm watching this New York Knicks team. They're a lot of fun. But, you know, the Sixers, I mean, you're right. I, I think it's 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 the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the Philadelphia Sixers, uh, 76ers for me. Yeah, and, and obviously the Sixers, We let's talk about the Knicks a little bit after this, but the Sixers, 
Um, they will be they will be favored by double digits in the rest of their games, other than at Miami. Yeah. So I mean, they they should get mm-hmm. this one seed most likely. It's Houston, New Orleans at home, Detroit at home, at Indiana. Okay, maybe like a seven point favorite at Miami. That'll be a close game. Then back to back at home against Orlando to close the year, who will surely be tanking. So the one seed looks like it's theirs to lose. You know, Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn was there for a second, but obviously with all the injuries they've had, I don't think they actually expected to get it. Um, but yeah, let's talk yeah. about the New York Knicks. I mean, what they're doing is just ridiculously impressive. Continue to win ball games. Obviously, just huge win last night against Memphis to start off this road trip because the schedule is an absolute yeah. gauntlet, but they're winning games. Four-point underdog last night going into Memphis, second night of a back-to-back, and win that game by 14 and absolutely frustrate the hell out of the Grizzlies, which we haven't seen a lot. Um, John Morant was ejected. Taylor Jenkins was ejected. Um, and this Knicks team is just so much better than the sum of its parts. It's really incredible the job that Tom Thibodeau is doing with this Knicks team. I mean, I was talking to a friend about this last night. When you list out the names of guys on this team, Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Alfred Payton. I mean, these are journeymen who could not crack a rotation yeah. in other places. I mean, aside from Derek Rose, like Alec Burks has been bouncing around the league for nine years. He's a key cog on a 37 and 28 basketball team. That's playing some of the best basketball in the NBA. Taj Gibson. I mean, just this guy was out of the league coming back. He's an absolute stud defender, plays his role, plays hard. Obviously RJ and Julius are continuing to play well and, and get better. Both of them, Julius Randall's three point shooting. I mean, at what point do we declare the sample size big enough? I mean, he's shooting 42% from three this year, knocks down an absolutely yeah. clutch step back going to his right last night to put that game away. Um, and they're they're in the four seed right now. Look, the schedule still remains really, really hard. Um, they go at Denver tomorrow night. Um, Denver obviously coming off a loss, then at Phoenix, then at the Clippers, then at the Lakers. So they got to find a way to maybe go one and three, two and two there. Um you know, I, I think I think they could probably can do better than that. But, you know, obviously all mm-hmm. these teams are still trying to compete for playoff position as well. Then they close out with three decent games at home with obviously Boston in the last day of the season, which could be a really important game for playoff seating. So, you know, what do you kind of think about this Knicks run and, and between New York, Atlanta, Miami and Boston? This race for the four five matchup is just really fascinating. Yeah. Um, no, like I've mentioned, I'm, I'm watching their games every single night whether I have a bet on it or not. But I think what for if the Knicks were going to make the playoffs, they had to do what they are doing right now, right? Or they won what now 13 out of 14, 14 out of 15, something like 13 that. 13 out of 14, yeah, yeah. So for them to be able to do that and be in the position that they are for the playoffs. I think it speaks volumes to what Tom Thibodeau has done. And I, and I wish I know we had talked about this maybe a couple months ago said, I wish I would have grabbed some Tibbs coach of the year when it was hanging around 11 to one or 12 to one. And I think that he's kind of closing in on being a, um, a co-favorite or like second favorite to win coach of the year. Right now I see, um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Monty Williams as the favorite. And then it's, it's pretty neck and neck between Thibodeau and Quinn Snyder for, for the, for the second favorite. But I mean, like you mentioned, like if I told you coming in at the beginning of the season, that Julius Randall was going to be your best player. And this team somehow in the Eastern conference was going to be the four seed at this point in the season. I think people would, I laugh, right? Yeah. Because you take a look at some of the other teams in the Eastern conference with the Brooklyn nets, 
Sixers, Bucks, you know, Miami Heat, Boston, those are the Toronto, those are the teams that we kind of thought would be at that top four, top five range at this point of the season. But for this team to perform that the way they have, man, it's been it's been fun. And I'm sure you're excited as a New York Knicks fan. And um, I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of journeymen on this team, guys playing with a chip on their shoulder yep. and a coat and a blue collar coach like you have with Tom Thibodeau has formulated into a huge success for this team. And, and, you know, I, I, hopefully they will finish strong here. I know it's a, it's a very tough schedule for them, but they keep surprising us every single night. Um, last night, I, I didn't understand why Memphis was favored. So I did also have a bet on the New York Knicks last night, at least in the first half that cash fairly easy. Um, but so, like you said, some intriguing matchups coming up and it's a little diff- It's going to get a little bit difficult for them, but we're really going to find out how good of a team this is now that they're playing some better, sorry, competition in the Western conference. I think they can beat Denver. Um, you know, I feel like Denver might fall off a little bit here because some of these injuries are kind of piling up. Um, you know, Phoenix will be intriguing. Do you have the two LA teams? I think if they can get a split there somehow, uh, they'll be okay. And then, like you mentioned, the last three games with San Antonio, Charlotte, and Boston, if they can get two out of three there, they'll be in great shape going into the uh, into the playoffs. But if I had to vote right now, I would probably give Tom Thibodeau the coach of the year. Uh, Monty Williams has done a great job for the Phoenix Suns, rightfully so. But I think when we talk about the New York Knicks, kind of the America's team of of – yeah. of basketball and the Mecca and New York city and the Madison square garden for this team to be back in the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. And, and I think a lot of the superstars have come out and said that when the New York Knicks team and their basketball team is good, it's great for the NBA. And it's going to be exciting to watch on a Sunday afternoon NBA playoffs at Madison square garden. So, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been, all, and there, there's, there's really no wrong answer with coach of the year. There's been a lot of really good coaching jobs. You know, Tibbs, yeah. um, obviously Nate McMillan in Atlanta. We could talk about him a little bit. Uh, Monty Williams, Steve Nash, I would even say, how he's managed everything in Brooklyn. Um, you know, Quinn Snyder, Mike Malone, Ty Lue. A lot, lot of good coaching jobs this year. So, yeah. obviously, Atlanta with that big win last night against Portland, that was really big for them. Um, Miami also starting to turn the corner a little bit. They've won three straight, and they've won seven in their last ten. There is yeah. – Still two games remaining between Miami and Boston. They're in the 6-7 right now, so that'll be fascinating. Um, any kind of prediction as to how this will shake out with a 4-5, 6-7 in the East? Um, I mean, I would have to get into look at some of the schedules for this team. I quickly had the toughest schedules left. So we talked about Philly, how they have the easiest schedule remaining. Boston has the third easiest schedule remaining. Okay. Um, and they're and in the then- 7 right now. Yeah, and then you have Atlanta. I think that's at number six with the easiest schedule. And then Miami has does have a tougher schedule than those uh, teams. They still have – they have two matchups against Boston, like you said. They still have Philly. They still have Milwaukee, and they have Dallas tonight. Okay. Two easy opponents where they should take care of business will be against um, the Detroit Pistons and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, I mean, at this point for, like, those teams that are below, like, the t- those top three teams – I think they're just going to fight to at least just get into the playoffs and we'll just see what happens when they go from there. Right. And then I don't think that any of those teams that are five, six, seven, and eight have a chance to be one, two, or three. I, I think it's just going to come down. It, I, for sure. I think we'll see a Milwaukee and a um, Brooklyn Nets Eastern conference finals, which will be 
exciting to see. I I, I don't just don't see any any team in in the Eastern Conference that will be able to beat uh, at least those top three teams. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think you got to be in the fourth, or you really want to be in the four or five, right? Because then you can at least make the second round. Um, yeah, you know, because if, if if you if you're in the six or to seven, you're going home in in the first round, probably in four or five games. So that yeah. is going to be really interesting to follow. That is almost 40 minutes on the playoff picture. Let's take a quick break here, <laughs> and then we will come back with some more picks for Tuesday nights. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Roman. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is so straightforward and discreet, guys. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED, and it's happening right here. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, coming back off the break, Munaf, do we have anything with regard to the daily fadeaway that we want to discuss? I'm trying to see if any of our teams are in action tonight that we can get some team total talk. I think one team for me might be the Cleveland Cavaliers here tonight. Um, they're on a six-game losing streak here, but they've been giving up the points. You take a look over their last two games um, against Washington. They gave up 122. They gave up 124 against Miami. Now you have Phoenix coming in tonight. Everybody's playing. They're going to be hungry for a W to keep up in that Western Conference playoff picture or for the number one seed, sorry, half a game behind Utah. Um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, those guys should feast tonight. And I was really surprised to see this at 115, 115 and a half. I locked up the first half team total for the Phoenix Suns, and now I'm also taking a full game because I just don't see how the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be able to slow down this this Phoenix Suns offense that is on fire right now. Yeah, I like that. And obviously Cleveland now only a half a game back on the Magic and the Pistons, um, you know, back with regard to that, to the tanking battle. So if you're Cleveland, obviously I think you're starting to wrap it up a little bit here, um, especially after everything that happened with Kevin Love. So I do like that. None of our other teams are in play, although I will say this Golden State-New Orleans game looks like possibly a team total game. Any thoughts on that game um, with regard to a potential fade of the Pelicans defense or the Warriors defense? Yeah, they played last night, right? And I think the Warriors dropped, I think, 120-something points last night. So I think this might be a good revenge spot for, for the Pelicans to come out and play. Uh, better basketball here tonight. Um, I just don't think they shot the ball well last night uh, against the Warriors. I think the um, um, Lonzo Ball had a really rough game shooting the ball last night. He was three of nineteen from the field. Um, you know, other than that, I think that uh, that was pretty much it. James Johnson, three of ten, five of twenty-five from the three-point land for the Pelicans. So I think that should improve here tonight for them. Um, 
Yeah, I think if you if you like Pelicans to bounce back tonight, their team total is probably a, a a play on the board. They did end up still scoring 108 last night by shooting five of 25 from the field. Obviously, 32 free throw attempts helps that number, but they should have definitely have a better shooting night here tonight against the Golden State Warriors. So that might be another play that you might want to take a look at for tonight. Yeah, and obviously. I think the Timberwolves will have to be off this list. They've been really kind of playing hard as of late. So yeah. we had them on the daily fadeaway. We had the Rockets, who are not in action tonight, and the Magic, who are not in action tonight. Those are all teams that we were looking to fade um, with team totals against. So um, we will see how that kind of progresses. And obviously, as we get towards the playoff, there's not going to be as much you know blind fading to do with all the motivation kind of squared up. So let's go into a new segment for tonight. This is Tuesday, May 4th games. Munaf, let's enter the prop shop. I know you have some plays for tonight. Um, how is that intro to the prop shop? Did Dan have anything special for it? <laughs> he didn't. He said he's going to be trying to work on something uh, for the prop shop. I know, you know, putting up those little audio clips that we do on Twitter. So he's yeah. going to, he's going to try to do something with that, something exciting. So, you know, it's great to have a, a, uh, another segment or, or, you know, on the show that kind of gives out some picks, but you know, kick off the prop shop tonight. Um, I'm going to go back with Giannis tonight, uh, you know, in two games against the Brooklyn Nets this season, uh, he scored obviously 49 on Sunday. And then in the previous matchup earlier this year, he had uh, 34 in that game. Currently his points is listed at 31 and a half. Um, like you mentioned, I don't think they have anybody to kind of stay in front of Giannis on the Brooklyn Nets defense. You know, DeAndre Jordan's not going to be able to do that. Um, I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be matched up on him. And if he is, I think, you know, Giannis is, has enough strength on his body where he can just kind of back, back down a skinny little Kevin Durant in the post, at least, and, and get his points that way. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Giannis over the 31 and a half points tonight as, as my first uh, first player prop here. Okay, I like that. I only have one, and I'm targeting the exact same game as you. I'm going to go with Joe Harris over two and a half threes for tonight. Um, got up five attempts in that first game, and I, I look. Mm. you kind of look at this box score for the Nets. Um, I, I don't really think it's how they want to play. Uh, going back to that game on Sunday, you had KD taking 33 shots, Kyrie taking 21 shots, no one else uh, over 10 field goal attempts. Obviously, Shamit got them up, and uh, you know DeAndre Jordan, seven field goal attempts, Blake Griffin, eight. But Joe Harris, 35 minutes, only five three-point attempts, went one of five. I think he was open for more. Mm-hmm. Um, but his ability to shoot the ball, I think, will be something the Nets look at tonight. I think this could be a big night for the Nets supporting cast. Kind of Steve Nash, he's handled this team the right way all year. I think they kind of try to go back to a little bit more of a democratic approach on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. I think KD is smart enough to see that. Um, so I, I will go Joe Harris over two and a half threes. That is minus 115 for tonight. Okay. Um, did you see anything on Hal Burton? I think he's going to be obviously out tonight with the injury that he had. Yeah, I, he yeah. Uh, it, it was supposedly not as bad as initially feared. No ACL, okay. but he's yeah. out. I presume for the rest of the year. Yeah. Okay. So uh, with that being said, uh, um, you know Sacramento is playing OKC tonight. You know one of the teams we've talked about fading, at least you know either player props or team totals or full game total. But um, I'm gonna go with Buddy Heal tonight over the twenty and a half points. If um, Harrison Barnes isn't able to go tonight. I still see that he's listed a game time decision for for the Sacramento Kings. 
Um, he's going to have to take on the scoring role here tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And 20 and a half for him is a little conservative for me. Um, you know, with without no, obviously, De'Aaron Fox, no Tyrese Halliburton. And if, or like I said, if Harrison Barnes is not able to go tonight, uh, I think that scoring load or that pressure it will be on Buddy Hield, and I think he'll be able to exceed that tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I'll take Buddy Hield over the 20 and a half points tonight, um, matching up against the Thunder. All right, there we go. I do not have any other plays. Do you have any more you want to throw out? Um, quickly, just want to do mention um, Chris Middleton maybe tonight. I know when we see these games with some big totals that, um, you know, we kind of look at points props or, you know, maybe assist props and things like that. Um, Chris Middleton tonight, I see him at 21 and a half in two games against the uh, Nets this season, 26 and 25. So one of those two guys obviously probably should hit the over tonight if it's Giannis and um, Chris Middleton. Both of those guys went over their points total on Sunday. Um, so I think if, if if the defense is focused in on stopping Giannis tonight, that should open up some opportunities for Chris Middleton to knock down shots and things like that. So I think that was the other one that I had on my list. But other than that, um, that was it for tonight. But quickly, I just really wanted to mention uh, I did have Russell Westbrook last night. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you saw his his stats last night. I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy. You can't set a total on his points and rebounds at least high enough for someone to not take the over. I mean, a 2020, you know, triple double for him, you know, point 21 rebounds, 24 assists. I I mean, I don't, I have, I don't know even what to say about Russell Westbrook. We, 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 at least as, as a fan, when, since I've been watching, I've never seen this. We've, we've, we've heard about what Oscar Robertson used to do when he used to play the game and magic Johnson, but with Russell Westbrook, like putting up 21 rebounds, 21 assists. I know it was against a bad defense last night, and we see we saw almost close to 300 points in this game. But for a NBA player to go out and do that, I, it was just simply incredible to see. And, and you know, I, I'm glad that Russell Westbrook at least he's playing well and has this Wizards team in a position to get into that play-in tournament. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get in as the eight seed. Yeah, it's obviously insane game for Russ last night. Let me read off the stat line just for Puster. And obviously, a 154-141 game. Russell Westbrook took eight shots, 14 yeah. points, 24 assists, 21 rebounds. Um, yeah. And I, I just love that. I, I love a stat line with the assists when they're crazy high and the points aren't that high. Like, my, my favorite yeah. stat line is, like, a seven points, like, 14 assists or something like that. It's, I think, always really cool, like a – Faku Compazzo, Jason Williams type stat line. So, I mean, yeah, shout out to Russ. Obviously, crazy game. Then you look at the Wizards. I mean, they are going to be in the playing game. I think they're probably the favorite to come out of that, other than the Boston-Miami team or, or Atlanta or, or New York. I yeah. mean, between Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, who would you take to get in? Man, I think that's 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 tough. I think that if the – if the pace, I don't, uh, it depends on how severe the injury is to Malcolm Brogdon's hamstring. But yeah, when you have a Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal backcourt, you always have a chance every single night. I would probably give the edge to, to the Washington wizards just because of the way they're, they're playing basketball here towards the end of the season. They could have easily mailed it in and, and kind of shut down Westbrook and Beal for the season if they wanted to, but you know, they're still playing hard. Those guys are competitors. They're going to get into the play in tournament and, 
hopefully we can see those two guys in the playoffs, you know, give fits to at least those, some of those top teams in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I, I think it's probably the wizards too. Obviously, like you said, the, the health of the Pacers will be interesting. And then with the Hornets, mm-hmm. uh, no update on Gordon Hayward recently, right? I haven't seen anything. Is he, nope. is he, I thought he was supposed to come back, but they obviously need They said him. they were being more, more cautious or they're kind of taking their time with it, but you don't have that much time left now with about two weeks yeah. left here in the season. And if you're going to make a push for the, for the playoffs or at least a play in tournament, I think, you know, now would be the time to kind of bring them back. But good news for them is that they got LaMelo ball back, uh, the other night and he's back to being LaMelo ball. I mean, he had this crazy underhand pass, like yeah. 60 feet down the court. And that was crazy to see, but um, yeah, good to have him back on the court. Love LaMelo. I mean, obviously a lot of uh, tangents that we can go on, but what are we doing with rookie of the year? Is it Ant or is it uh, LaMelo? I think with LaMelo back, you, I think it, it, it is him, right? Especially if his team's like contending for a playoff spot and, they're still in the fight for that play-in tournament because Minnesota, they are playing hard, like you mentioned, but nowhere near to making the playoffs. They're, they're more than likely, he- sorry, headed for that, uh, for a lottery, um, lottery ticket in, in, in the draft coming up. So currently looking at the, the Charlotte Hornets right now, they're sitting at that eight spot, two and a half games behind the balls of Celtics. So they're right there in that tournament. I think because of the play of what, you know, LaMelo Ball has been doing, for me, it's LaMelo Ball, despite him missing the amount of games that he has. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody was saying when LaMelo Ball went down with the injury, it's like, all right, let's not forget how good he was. And just because he's not playing, he still was that good. And then everyone kind of forgot how good he was. And Anthony Edwards was starting to play better. So it's going to be yeah. hard not to have the recency bias of, of how well Anthony Edwards has played. And, you know, good vibes in Minnesota right now with D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. buying into that bench scorer role, Cat playing better. So a lot of to be excited about. Let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back with the Tuesday Night Slates. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, guys, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around. Even better is their NFL Draft Weekend special, where if you sign up between April 29th and May 4th, you have a chance to win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. When you go to underdogfantasy.com, and use the promo code SGPN, you will get $25 free, which you can use to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament. SGP will be running private best ball drafts for all of our listeners as well, so make sure to look out for that. This is a limited time offer that ends May 4th. That's today, guys. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, coming back off the break here we have a seven game slate again this is tuesday may 4th the phoenix suns go to cleveland phoenix suns laying 12 and a half on the road total is 219 and a half moon off i know you had a first half team total on the suns what was that number and any other thoughts on this game here uh no quickly i mean this is not one of the more exciting games but obviously for suns fans so shout out to mckee yeah um i like um I like just the Phoenix roll here tonight. They should take care of business against the Phoenix Suns. Quickly trying to see that first half team total right now for the Phoenix Suns is at 57 and a half. So I think they're anticipating more of a high scoring half in that in the in the second in the second half. So I would just take the full game team total for the Phoenix Suns at 116. It opened about 115. Now it's up to 116. So um hopefully by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to, you know, grab a number on that. But again, like I mentioned, Cleveland. 
has not been playing any defense over their last, you know, six game losing streak here. And they're, two games against at least their two uh, losses recently against Washington. They gave up 122 and then against Miami, they gave up 124. So uh, continue to fade this uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland defense against Phoenix here tonight. Yeah. And uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I have a problem with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I some, I have a cognitive distances between reality and my thoughts on the Cavs. I somehow think of them as this like young scrappy team. Who's been like playing really hard and well all year and covering spreads. Meanwhile, they are the second worst ATS team in the league, 24 and 40 yeah. against the number. And I think I've lost more money on them than any other team this year. So I do like the Cavs plus 12 and a half, but I will okay. not be, I will, I will not be pressing any buttons on my computer screen. Um, so this is obviously a stay away. I think, you know, it's a big number. Cleveland lost six straight. They're kind of trying to get towards a lottery. And with some of these games where it's kind of unclear if they're tanking, you, they, you think they should be, but maybe they aren't. I, I usually like to stay away. So I do like that idea of the total. I think there could be some points here. So I will uh, tail you on that Phoenix pick um, with nothing on on the spread. Um, any other thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, could we, did you see uh, some of the, like the the reports that were oh, circulating yeah. on Twitter about Colin Sexton? Yeah, I did, and I, I actually so shout out that was taken from a piece by Joe Varden, who does great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's for the Athletic on the Cavs, and I saw that about Colin Sexton. The report was basically that he is known throughout the league as someone who won't pass, and that during the games opposing teams defense will call out uh, that he's not going to pass yeah. and that he's ISOing and all that. So that can obviously probably be really frustrating for the Cavs. Um, but I also saw in that piece, it is shocking that Kevin Love is on what his ninth life in Cleveland with these outbreaks he's had <laughs> last year. And then they yeah. traded Kevin Porter jr. Who is 20 years old and dropping 50 for another team. Um, yeah. The way that they handled the two situations is not a good look for the Cleveland organization at all because Kevin Love is kind of continuing to mess things up there. And Kevin Porter yeah. Jr., they cut bait on, and he's now balling somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you know, we also saw that Kevin Love said that he would love to play for his hometown team in Portland. So, you know, I've always been harping that I think Kevin Love would be a pretty good fit in Portland being a stretch for being a guy that can knock down a three-point shot. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Kevin Love in this offseason. Obviously, it's his contract makes it really hard for him to trade because he's owed so much money. But I think a, a huge highway robbery has been uh, Kevin Love taking a paycheck from, from the Cleveland Cavaliers and playing like a fourth of the games that he, he's played this season. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, costing me that that plus 13 and a half cover the other night when he when he did when he dropped the ball out yeah. and gave a wide open three for the Raptors. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to Detroit where the Pistons are executing, in my mind, one of the best seasons (laughs) of any team in the league this year. I mean, really, I tweeted this out um, the other night. Just they've been really competitive and they cover spreads and they can win some games at home. But they're also, you know, staying to the tank and they're increasing their lottery odds, but also developing their young players and Jeremy Grant's look good. So shout out to Detroit. Tonight, they are a six-point home dog to the Charlotte Hornets on the road. Total at 217.5. The Pistons obviously rested like half their team last night in that big game between the the quote-unquote big game between the Magic and the Pistons, the tank off. Um, But what are your thoughts on this six-point number here? Yeah, I think if they're going to continue to rest their main guys like Jeremy Grant and – 
uh, the uh, Mason Plumley and, and those guys, you kind of have to take a look at taking Charlotte here tonight because Charlotte is obviously still in the playoff chase here in the Eastern Conference. Seeing a lot of game time decisions, only guy that's yeah, a lot of game time decisions for Detroit. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna go with Charlotte here tonight because you know they know that this is a, a team that they should be able to beat here tonight, take care of business, and if they're if they want a chance in that playoff picture. This is a game that you kind of have to get tonight against the Detroit Pistons. I think it kind of spoke volumes to me last night is that they gave up 119 points to the Orlando Magic. Like you talked about, tank job is in full effect for the Detroit Pistons. Um, so I think tonight it will be another one of those situations where, you know, they may be competitive, but I think at the end is where the Charlotte Hornets kind of pull away. Yeah, this number feels kind of a little short, right? I mean, yeah. why not Charlotte minus six? I, I, I kind of like that especially with the pistons making no bones about the fact that they are trying to you know fall their way down the standing so i kind of like charlotte minus six coming off a loss they're right in the thick of things in the eastern conference so that is a little bit appealing um any thoughts on the total of 217 and a half or maybe a charlotte team total that's at 112 yeah, yeah i think that's a little conservative right especially when you gave up 119 to the orlando magic last night but now you're I think facing a better offense, obviously with LaMelo Ball, Scary Terry, Bridges, and Washington. The only guys that are out for Charlotte tonight will be Devontae Graham and one of the Martin twins. But you still have enough on this team to, you know, be able to put up points against this young squad against the Detroit Pistons. So, um, you know, possibly locks up tonight with Charlotte minus the six and that team total. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I'm, I, I think the Charlotte, I mean, we're talking ourselves into it, obviously, but Charlotte. They've lost three of four. They are right in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference. And remember, making the 7-8 is way better than being in the 9-10 because you, then you mm-hmm. have to win only one of those two games. So they're a game up on Indiana and still with a chance of getting into the 16. So, I mean, at least the money line, I think definitely the minus six is appealing. The 112 is appealing. So I, I really like Charlotte in this game. Um, any player prop action or a total of 217 and a half? No, I didn't have a lean on that. Just last note uh, for this game: Charlotte is six and one against the spread as a road favorite. So, um, damn, I think that just kind of helps us even more with uh, with, with what we like with, with what we like with Charlotte tonight. Yeah, I was not expecting this to be one of my favorite plays in the slate, but I think it is. Uh, really like Charlotte there. Um, so. That would be a interesting one to watch shortly. Now, I don't know if I want to say it's a fun one to watch, but yeah. um, you'll, we'll have an eye on that. Let's go to Milwaukee, where it's the rematch of that great Sunday game, and this one should be great, assuming the injury report remains clean. Bucks two-point favorite. I believe they were closed at one-and-a-half in the Sunday game. Do you remember that? I think yeah. it was around run, yeah, right around one-and-a-half, two points. Yeah, so similar similar spot, total up at 241-and-a-half, super high total. I know the player props we had for this game, we want to run through those again. I had Joe Harris over two-and-a-half threes. What did you have again? I had uh, Giannis over 31-and-a-half points, and then uh, also take a look at Chris Milton over 21-and-a-half points. Okay, there we go. So three player props that we have in this game from the prop shop. Let's get to the side here. Um I mean, obviously that game ended three, and it was basically a one-possession game, so it kind of shows um, the you know the, the caliber of the matchup this can be in terms of being a close game. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this two-point spread here? Yeah, uh, you know, typically when I when we see these two-game mini-series, you always want to kind of take the opposite side that didn't cover that first game. So 
I think for Brooklyn tonight, if they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be a better shooting night out of Kyrie Irving, right? We, we mentioned on Sunday that he just didn't have a great shooting night uh, against Drew Holiday in that Bucks defense, just 8 of 21 from the field, 2 of 8 from three-point land. And then also, like you mentioned, Joe Harris, just 1 of 5 from 3. So if they're able to get just a little more out of those two guys, I don't think Giannis is going to drop another 49-point game here tonight. Um so I, I'm going to go the other way. I will take Brooklyn tonight, uh, plus the two points um, against against the Milwaukee Bucks in, in the second game of this mini series. Yeah, I think it's definitely a tough uh, a tough number. I mean, I, I would put I would put this right at at around two. Obviously, a one position game. I, I would lean yeah. towards Brooklyn. I do think with a game like this, with a total this high, two forty one and a half, and kind of the capability that both these teams have on offense i think what i might just do is wait till someone gets a lead and then take the other team live um i did yeah. have that angle in that uh first game i was able to jump on the bucks i think plus five or six when they were down i think uh 10 15 early so um might not have, it might have been four three or four uh but yeah that is kind of my angle for this game is is trying to seeing a lead build i think there will be one in the first quarter second quarter then hop the other side and then you can kind of keep hopping back and forth i think there's been a lot of big leads and, and a lot of big comebacks in the NBA recently, especially with these high totals. Yeah. So that's definitely an angle for this game. Um, I would probably lean towards Brooklyn with the two uh, in that revenge angle, but um, it's definitely a, a tough call. Any thoughts on the total at 241 and a half? Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw a same total on Sunday. I think it was trending in the right direction or – at least trending going over in the uh, their first quarter, they dropped 65 points and then, you know, 56 in the second quarter. And they kind of tailed off in that fourth quarter where it got a little more competitive. I think if you do like the over, take that first half over because I think it'll be a lot more loose and, and free flowing in that first half versus getting into the second half where they might tighten up on defense if it's a close game. So um, I think the first half over, uh, sorry, the first quarter went over their first game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, and I think it missed by a couple points in that in, for the first half total. So I think if you like an over in this game, um, take that first half first half over, and then you know, like you mentioned, if you see both these te- offenses struggling during the first couple minutes, you might be able to get a better number on the live. So you know, definitely, I think this is a good game when you have such a close uh, spread and a in a in total like this. Uh, I think the live angle will be a great great uh, great opportunity here in this game. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that we should definitely uh, talk more about as we get towards the playoffs where no one is going to roll over and die in any game. And I think you will see some, you know, as always, you know, 12, 13-point leads in the first half that always get shot down. It's a great opportunity for yeah. live betting. Um, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back with the rest of the slate. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube, but for what hashtag Degens only care about, and that's sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They have a ton of free picks and handicappers for you guys to check out. So make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. All right, coming back off the break, let's go to Oklahoma City, where um, not one of the better games on the slate. These Sacramento Kings are a five-point favorite on the road in OKC, total at 228. You had a Buddy Heald prop in this game, right? Yeah, I said uh, take a look at Buddy Heald over 20 and a half points. I think the key thing for this will be 
um, the status of Harrison Barnes. So I think if he's not able to go here tonight, currently seeing it listed as a game time to this, this decision um, again, but if he's not able to go, I think this will be a big uh, value bet on Buddy Hill. But I think even if Harrison Barnes is able to go, they need that secondary scorer for, for the second Sacramento Kings. And I think Buddy Hill should have a big game here tonight against uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I like that value on Buddy Heald. So that is coming from the prop shop. Any thoughts on the side? Obviously, OKC, I think that was the worst loss in NBA history. Is that correct to the Pacers the other night? Yeah, I mean, they gave up 154 points. I think it was the worst home loss ever, I believe. They lost okay. by, what, 59 points? They lost by 57. Yeah, 57. So um, That's tough. And then, obviously, they yeah. come back with, with the cover against Phoenix the night after, which I, I am kicking myself for not kind of identifying that spot because, obviously, coming off that embarrassment, um, they were able to you know only lose by three to Phoenix. So I wish I had that, that spread. Um, any thoughts on this uh, this minus five number? I mean, OKC, I'm assuming, you know, they, they, they've been obviously just getting killed recently. So, yeah, this is a, like a, I don't know, man, this is a tough game to kind of handicap because number one, you're dealing with the injuries of Sacramento. So we're kind of thinking, okay, do they have enough to kind of keep up with or, you know, have enough for scoring wise and covering this game on the road? And then you kind of look on the flip side, okay, what's the motivation for the, Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, gun to my head, I would probably take Oklahoma City plus the points at home, you know, in an underdog role. I think these guys, you know, come out and play. Obviously, you still have your guys, your main guys going tonight. You still have Darius Baisley. You still have, you know, Dort, who's still going to be able to play tonight. Um, you know, Moses Brown in the middle. Theo Maladon is still there. So, um, you know, I think the injuries... Injuries may catch up for for the Sacramento Kings here a little uh, or here tonight, but if you do like Kings, I think this is a great parlay piece with um, the Charlotte Hornets that we mentioned earlier. So if you do like the Kings, maybe parlay that with with the uh, Charlotte Hornets tonight. Yeah, I do like that. Um, the, the, that you know, fade the tank money line parlay that could be a, a good angle for tonight. Um, yeah, this side obviously, you know, like you said, it, it's probably a pass on the number of, of five. Total at 228 is interesting to go over. Both these teams have been liable to uh, have some points scored in their games. The Kings, yeah. obviously, kind of a different team now with all these injuries piling up. They don't have, you know, that's like the engines that got them going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like we mentioned, I mean, Oklahoma City not playing any defense, 152 to Indiana, 123 to Phoenix, 115 against Boston with the game that they won, 121, 129. I mean, the list goes on and on for this team. So, um, you know, the only part that kind of scares me on taking this over is the lack of, like, offensive presence for for the Sacramento Kings, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, if Harrison Barnes is not able to go or, or the, whatever the case might be, do we trust – DeLon Wright and Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes to kind of carry that scoring for the Sacramento Kings. It's a possibility, obviously, if there's teams not playing defense like we saw last night in Indiana, Washington, but the quality of offense is a lot better between those two teams versus these two teams. Um, but I know, like, I think we have the option of not betting games or not taking bets. I think this might be one of the games where just just kind of stay away and check the box score at the end of the game. I agree. I will exercise my right to not 
press any buttons on my computer screen with this game. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next game, which should be more fun. Golden State goes back to New Orleans, I guess, staying in New Orleans after a 123-108 win against the Pelicans last night. This is, you know, I, so I guess it's a mini series, but a true back-to-back. Yeah. Um, so different than like the, the Brooklyn-Milwaukee where they at least had a night off for rest. New Orleans favored by two, total at 235. Munaf, where are you going with this game? I will. Uh, what was the closing number on this matchup last night? Was it the same? I believe so. Um, okay. I think it was hanging around the same number last night. Maybe a point adjusted or half a point adjusted tonight. I believe it was like three and a half last night. Let me just double check here real quick. Um, it was uh, New Orleans minus one and a half. One and a half last night. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, and kind of trying to look at what New Orleans does off of a loss. I mean, 16 and nine against a spread. I mean, I don't know at this point, it doesn't matter, but I'll take Brooklyn. I mean, sorry, I'll take uh, New Orleans in a bounce back spot at home here tonight. You know, no travel, obviously playing the same opponent. Um, you got to find a way to contain Steph Curry. If that's possible for this team, there was a highlight that I was watching last night on Twitter that, you know, Steph Curry kind of made this ridiculous three pointer. They're going back down the court and, Zion, Zion just had this smile on his face. It's like, like, well, I mean, what are we supposed to do about that, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, took a look last night. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins had a big game for uh, the Golden State Warriors. He dropped 26, like I mentioned, 41 for Steph Curry last night. Quiet triple-double for Draymond, 10, yep. 13, and 15. We didn't mention that one. But um, I think we get a better effort from New Orleans here tonight and a second out of a back-to-back. Obviously, you know, if you're going to lose to the same team two times in a row it's going to be not sit well with with the, with the players and the coach there but uh i'll take uh new orleans here i don't know what their motivation is for the rest of the season like do they want to battle to at least put themselves in a position to be in that playing tournament or are they just too far out where they just kind of mail it in for the season but uh being at home back to back same team I'll, I'll take new orleans here tonight yeah man this is definitely one you got to wait till the 130 injury report just because I mean, are you really play, like you said? Their motivation is questionable. And Zion played 37 minutes last night. Are you really throwing him on a back-to-back? You know, they did play big. Mm-hmm. Lonzo played 38 minutes. Lonzo was three of 18 last night in that game. And yeah, I mean, if everyone's healthy, probably go with the Pelicans here. Pelicans were five of 25 from three last night. That's 20 percent. Uh, meanwhile, obviously, Steph made eight threes, and the Warriors, as a team, were uh, very, very good from two as well last night. So, I will probably lean with the Pelicans. Just got a woge bomb, Miles Bridges in the health and safety protocols. So he'll miss Great. tonight's game against the Pistons. So glad we didn't lock that in yet. That number will yeah. probably move a little bit. Um, but yeah, for this spot, I will go with the Pelicans minus two. Any thoughts on the total? 235. Last night came down at 231 on the closing uh, of the actual game. You yeah. know, I would probably lean towards the over. A lot of offensive potential here, but I do want to get my hands on this 130 injury report and see what's. Uh, what the Pelicans are doing here. Yeah. Especially being in a back-to-back situation, right? Like we don't know, you know, if, if Zion plays in the back-to-back, what I I think the guys will be able to go. I think the question will be for Pelicans tonight, you know, hopefully they have a better shooting night. Like we mentioned, they were five of 25 from three point land last night. Um, So, you know, I think most of that was because of Lonzo ball, three of 18 from the field, one of nine (laughs) from three point land. So um Pelicans team total might be worth a look here tonight. I think, like we mentioned, bounce back night, hopefully shooting, going against uh, against a, you know, not so great defense. I know Golden State has been playing well, but again, the firepower that the Pelicans have with their two stars, 
And some of their bench guys should be enough to get that over the team total. Yeah. This would be a fun game to watch at the 8-10 slate, so yep. uh, competing a little with that Nets uh, box. But looking forward to it. Obviously, Steph, did you watch any of that uh, that Marvel broadcast? I didn't I didn't look I, at that. I didn't really know what it was, but I saw it getting some play on social media. Yeah, I saw a lot of it on social media, and then I think the guys were talking about the NBA Slack channel too, but uh, I, I didn't get a chance to, uh, to check out that broadcast. Yeah, we're – we're not kids here, okay? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so let's go to the next game on the slate. Let's go to South Beach where the Miami Heat are a three-point home favorite to the Dallas Mavericks. This should be another really good game. Total at 216. Both teams that are jockeying for playoff position would really like a win here. So where are you going with this spot here, Munaf? Uh, this should be a great game. Yeah, this is going to be well, yeah, one of the better games here tonight. Um I, I, I love Miami here tonight for some reason, and I don't know why that is, but they're playing well, right? You take a look. They've won six out of their last – sorry, um, Miami's now won, you know, four out of their last five, taking care of their business against maybe some of the, you know, not-so-great teams in the league. But you have Dallas coming in. I think KP was announced doubtful for this game, so I don't think he'll be able to go. Um, you know, Dallas coming off a really, really bad loss against the Sacramento Kings where they were just not able to buy a shot. Um now you're going up against a possibly a better defensive team than of Sacramento Kings. And for you to only be able to muster off 99 points against a Sacramento team kind of speaks volumes to me, right? So um, Miami's in a tough stretch here. You know, as you wind down the season, they have Dallas tonight. I mean, a game against Minnesota where they should be able to win. And you kind of take a look at their schedule. They have two against Boston, Philly, and then Milwaukee. So I think tonight's a game that, for playoff positioning wise, it's, it's both, it's critical to both teams. Um, I think the number is spot on, but I do like Miami at home minus a three tonight. I think Jimmy Butler, bam, these guys play well tonight at home and take care of business against Dallas. Yeah. And these two teams have met once earlier this year, a 93 83 win for the Mavericks very early in the season. Um, so not much to go off there. That did, game did soar under the total. So maybe a kind of a slower paced defensive matchup here. So yeah, I do like the Heat at home as well. I mean, these two teams seem pretty even to me. I would maybe give a slight edge to Miami uh, if I was kind of evaluating them. Um, so I would go with the Heat minus three. Kind of like this under 216. Obviously a low total, but I do see this game kind of hanging around the low hundreds. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, quickly trying to see where these teams are at, at over at least for pace-wise over the last you know five games now. Um Brooklyn, sorry, Brooklyn. I don't know why I keep saying Brooklyn. Um, Dallas Mavericks are number 15. Miami is number 28. So, you know, one of the two of the slower pace teams, I think you're spot on with that. So, you know, we have lower pace and teams that are playing better defensively um, should translate to a tight, tight uh, defensive effort here tonight between these two teams. I think the key for me might be is that is are the Dallas shooters going to be able to knock down shots? You know, I think that's that's one of the things that we're kind of looking at Dallas. Especially, you know, I talked about this with Dan and, and Scott yesterday. Is that outside of Luca on this Dallas team, who is like the other guy that can really penetrate to the basket and get their own shot or create their own shot? Outside of Luca, I think the only guy that we kind of came up with was Jalen Brunson. But other than that, everybody else is pretty much a spot-up shooter for this team. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that, especially without not having KP for this stretch run where it's critical to have a guy like that, your second-best player, to have him 
as you kind of wind out the season, you're kind of fighting for playoff positioning. Yeah, well, I'll start with the second part of that. I mean, what is going on with Chris Porzingis? I mean, he he's just like his availability is so bad. It's really yeah. it's stunning. I mean, is this going to be just every year where he's a questionable basically every game and you don't know his status going into playoffs? I mean, he was supposed to be you know, the Robin to Luca's Batman. And, and like yeah. you said, it's kind of just Luca right now. And heading into the playoffs, this team, I mean, you don't really know what you're getting from anybody other than Luca on any given night. So that is the fatal flaw with this team, right? I mean, if they had a reliable number two to go along with Luca, they remember they were a dangerous team. They had a chance of beating the Clippers in that playoff series and faded away once Kristaps uh, started to fall apart health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jalen Brunson, I think, is the guy they kind of identify that can be that, but I don't think he's at that level yet that, you know, you need to be to be a, a high seed in the Western Conference. So yeah. they will have to address that this offseason, bringing in more alongside Luka. You need a secondary playmaker, right? All these great teams have multiple guys that can run a pick and roll, that can run an ISO, that can go downhill and and sort of start start things off. And I think with Luka, it's really hard on him um, to keep this up. And, yeah, I mean, did you see that article coming out about Chris Stapps and – Luca and have their coworkers, but they're not friends. Yeah, I think that uh, I saw that. Uh, but and then Mark, Mark Cuban said something like yeah. that. You know, you could have great respect and work great with you know coworkers at work, and you don't have to go out with you know hang out with them after work or going to dinner and things like that. But you know, I mentioned this yesterday. I think it's time for Dallas to kind of move on for uh, from from KP, and you need to get help for Luca, and you don't want to waste his prime years. The scary part for Dallas is that Luca hasn't reached. I don't think he's even reached his prime yet. He, yeah. He's what twenty? Not even close. 20, he's twenty-one. Yeah, 23, I think twenty-three. Yeah, years yeah. old. So <laughs> it's going to get scary. But I think you know Mark Cuban in that front office is going to get some help for Luca. And you know, imagine a guy like Bradley Beal next to Luca. I think that would you know put them at least as a top four team in the Western Conference. And then if they address their interior presence, um, I know we're kind of going off off the rails here, but something to get to in the off season, but. Uh, just quickly want to get your thoughts on that. No, yeah. I mean, I think definitely Bradley Beal will be an option. I think Spencer Dinwiddie as a free agent could definitely be someone they should look at. If he's healthy, I think that would be a nice, you know, more realistic addition that you wouldn't have to give up many assets for. So Dinwiddie's yeah. a guy I like for them. And yeah, with Dallas, I mean, I, I think that Luca is the next Giannis in terms of guy who we all love and then they lose in the mm-hmm. playoffs a few years in a row and then we start the conversation of oh can this guy you know win a playoff series I, I do think that we are about a year and a half away from everyone starting to turn on Luca. so just like we all turned on Giannis so I, it's interesting the way that we kind of run these superstars through the ringer um, but yeah obviously th- there's just not enough around him to support him to kind of go chase a, a true contending team right now so Summarize, we like the heat minus three, we like the under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minus three in the under. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Getting back on track here. Yeah, minus uh, Miami minus three in the under. Exactly. Last game on the slate. Let's go to Staples Center where the Los Angeles Clippers are a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Toronto Raptors. have been playing well recently. Total at 220. Clippers coming off that loss. They got Kawhi back but lost to the Nuggets. Munaf, where are you going with this game here? Three straight losses for the Clippers quietly. Yeah, I mean, like, we, like, are not even talking about this Clippers team at all. It's, like, all been Lakers and in Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And, you know, and this is a legit, like, Western Conference NBA finalist uh, contender. But Probably the favorite in the West, right? Yeah. I I think if right now, if the playoffs started, 
yeah you probably have to put them there right and yeah. despite you know them being four games back but you still have paul george who's turned it around this season and Kawhi leonard but you know as far as this game tonight i think they didn't have Kawhi for that new orleans and phoenix game obviously um and then they got him back against Denver, and Denver was in that kind of stretch run where without Jamal Murray, they were playing well. I think this is a game for the Clippers to kind of get back on track tonight. Um, nine and a half, I think it seems like a lot of points. It's but a big this number. Like, yeah, and this, this like Toronto team is like, we don't know what we're going to get from them every single night or who's going to be playing for this team every single night. Um, kind of want to see here. OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, Fred Van Vliet are all game-time decisions. Um I think if they're traveling with the team, they should be able to go up against, you know, one of these teams. I think um, obviously the Kawhi angle. Yeah. The Kawhi angle. That's what I was going to get to was Toronto going up against Kawhi Leonard here in LA. Um, I'll reluctantly take the Toronto Raptors here tonight on the note that if and uh, OG Ananobi and Gary Trent and at least two of those three guys are playing here tonight, I think they should be able to compete against the uh, struggling Clippers here. I kind of do like this over here tonight. I think it's a little conservative at the 219 number. Um, currently seeing at, at ooh, I don't have it pulled up, but I think last I saw it was like around 221 um, for this total. Two, so 220 right now. 220, okay. So it's kind of coming down a little bit. But yeah, I think these are two teams that can put up points um, tonight, but I will take the Raptors here tonight and the over. Yeah, why I take a look at that OG Ananobi game log recently. He he's quietly been awesome recently. I think he had uh six straight games with 20 points coming into that Utah game where he only had 17, but he's starting mm-hmm. to kind of pick up the slack where people thought he would be a most improved player candidate. He's been playing really well recently. So if he's in, I one of my plays for tonight was gonna be OG Ananobi points, rebounds, and assists. He's obviously not yeah. he's questionable right now. So if he does go, I will post that in the Slack channel. I think nine and a half is a lot of points here. Like you said, with Toronto, we don't know what we're going to get six and four in their last 10 games. And, you know, they were kind of competing really hard. And some of these losses, you know, by four to Utah, by 10 to Denver, um, and then beat the Lakers outright, which was, the, which was a big win for them. Um, and now against the Clippers, I mean, I, I still expect the Clippers to get this done, but nine and a half is a lot of points, potentially some money line parlay action, with the Clippers and the Suns, uh, maybe more, more conservative money line parlay. We've got to see what happens to this Hornets number with the Miles Bridges. That's off the board right now. Um, yep. So we'll come back to that one after. But would lean with the nine and a half and no really thoughts on on the total. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, – I think I think it's always interesting that these teams that have injury or injured players or guys that are resting and sitting out, but as soon as they kind of get to the Staples Center and playing these L.A. teams that all of a sudden they do want to play – because you're going up against, you know, two of the better teams in the Western Conference. So um, hopefully, you know, we get a competitive matchup here tonight. I think, you know, one of the more better games here tonight. I feel like like Toronto Raptors and the Portland Trailblazers are like the mirrors of each other in each of their respective yeah. conferences, right? Um, so that's kind of interesting. But, you know, again, for the Toronto Raptors, obviously not going to make the playoffs this year going to be a very, very interesting offseason for uh, Toronto as far as what they do with Kyle Lowry and, um, you know, kind of addressing their interior position. Quickly, I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think the Lakers are now kicking themselves for not making that trade for Kyle Lowry? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, and I, I saw some tweets about that. I mean, the fact that Taylor Horton Tucker, if he actually was the bridge between that, that trade not happening and happening, I mean, that just looks like a really bad decision, especially because 
they need another guy who can carry them in the regular season right now. I mean, for seeding purposes, yeah. it's kind of a lost cause now, but they, but they wish they had Kyle Lowry. So that's obviously fascinating. And then if you're the Raptors, I mean, you didn't, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So what really was the point of keeping him around? If you could have had some assets, you know, you could have maybe had Tyler hero or Taylor mm-hmm. Horton Tucker, maybe a first round pick. So very curious decision. And obviously you mentioned that the Raptors and the Blazers are kind of mirror images of each other. Mm-hmm. They also made that challenge trade, right. With Norm Powell and Gary Trent, so, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of more kind of a duality between the two of them. So I think this slate is kind of low key. I mean, Bucks, Nets, Heat, Mavs, those are your two TVs, and that's going to be a great night. So really excited for this one. Let's close up shop here with our best bets on the slate. With Hornets, Pistons off the board, uh, that would be one of mine with the Hornets. But um, obviously that's off the board. I expect a reopener, maybe four and a half or five uh, with the Hornets. Yeah, um, I think I'll go with Miami minus a three here tonight against Dallas, Um, you know, Miami at home. Again, the question marks for Dallas is, you know, if Miami's able to shut down Luka Doncic, who's going to be that second guy to step up for Dallas? And I just don't see it. Maybe, you know, hope, hope, uh, it might be another slow shooting night for Dallas, but with Miami lead, led by Bam and Jimmy Butler and Drogage and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, list goes on for this team. Uh, I think they should be able to take care of business against tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. So best bet for me, Miami Heat minus three points. Yeah, I hate to uh, I hate to jump on the same play as always, but I will go with Miami minus three as well. I think it's a good spot, and it's just ticked up to minus one fifteen on my screen. So um, ASAP would probably be the time to get this one in, especially with the KP news kind of lingering. So I would go with the Heat minus three. Um, yeah, not much else. I mean, I definitely think Bucks Nets is one you want to get in live. Um, yeah, and then the Pistons. Hornets game, I think Hornets on the, on the number. As long as LaMelo and Terry are going, I think they should be good enough to get up, whether that's 112 points or covering what we expect to be a four-and-a-half or a five-point spread. Any other best bets for you, Munaf? No, that was it. I think we have a double lock on Miami tonight, so hopefully we know we can kind of tout ourselves on the pod tomorrow. Um, and I quickly just run through the player props again. It was Buddy Heald over 20-and-a-half points, and then – uh, either Giannis or Chris Middleton over their uh, over their point totals here tonight. So those are three bets that I'm I'm looking at for tonight. Yep, and then obviously I had Joe Harris over two and a half threes as well. And then I also want to say if OG Ananobi does go tonight, definitely look at him as someone who could put up some counting stats. Really fun show, Munaf. We got through a lot of uh, you know catching up on everything and the playoff picture, talking through these games. So thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this show and all the other shows on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Munaf, where can the people find you on Twitter? I know you'll have some plays up for tonight in basketball and baseball, the hardest working man in the Sports Gambling co- Podcast Network business. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, I know we have a slow night of NBA games tonight, so, you know, hope that can catch up on the on baseball season. Um, but find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. We have our baseball MLB uh, gambling podcast with my man uh, Malcolm, Mister uh, Underdog Locks, giving uh, plus two hundred on the Red Sox and the fourteen to one on that Kentucky Derby pick. So find me at SportsNerd eight two four. I will have my NBA team total or sorry NBA total of the day on there. So uh, make sure to follow me there, and you can find Zach on Twitter at, at you can find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Please join us in the conversation on our Slack channel, that's sg.pn slash Slack to sign up. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with another show tomorrow. Good luck to everyone with your bets tonight, and have a good one. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.